Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Welcome to World of Pew Podcast, December 21st. Um, Craig, Brandon, uh, happy to have you guys here. What's going on? Just vacation. Ending the year out on a vacation. So. How are you today, Brandon? Good. Uh, uh, lunch break. <laughs> yes, lunch break, definitely. Well, we've got a lot going on in today's show. Um, we've been teasing on social media a big announcement. Let's, let's get to that. Um, it's got a couple parts to it. I'll talk, and if you guys, if I'm forgetting something, help me out by filling it in. Um, we, I, I don't want to get that much into the history of it, but Brandon, we've been doing this podcast for, I think it's been about two years, right? Two years in January, if I remember right. Um, it like two years, yeah. Yeah. With COVID, it's felt like we've done it for 30 years. Nothing against the podcast, <laughs> just with COVID as a whole. Um, it's been quite a ride. I mean, we've I remember the first night we talked about Weezer's, um, they had a yeah. covers album, and we were listening to the covers album and commenting on it, and we've come a long way. It's, it's been really good. Um, as in all podcasts, we have transitions. We had a couple of cast members who came. Um, they went. I'm not sure if some were coming back or going, but it's good. I mean, that stuff happens. I know after the last transition happened, you know, Brent and I were kind of in a, what are we going to do? So we've done this thing at noon, and it's actually worked out. We've been um, pleased with how the shows have gone. We've been pleased by who's coming on. We've had some really encouraging feedback from guests and people who have listened, which I've appreciated. So we're making a big step. January 4th, um, we are going to go to a Monday to Friday format. Um, lots of reasons behind it. I think one of the big things is we talk a lot about news, and we're all news people. Brandon and I are news, and we're going to introduce Craig to you guys in a minute. Uh, Craig's a news guy, too. And we talk about fun stuff. We talk about pop culture stuff, but we're, we're, we've got news base, which is good. And it's hard to do a news program weekly because the news, especially this year of COVID and everything, it changes by the minute. And sometimes it's hard to do it weekly. And we want to give it a shot. So we're, we're excited about it. Uh, what we're going to do is we're having a show today, um, and we're going to take the next week off. And then starting the 4th, we're going to have five days of show. It'll start at 6 a.m., you with a newscast. Um, you'll be able to catch a newscast on video like you have always. Um, 6.30, we'll have an interview then, or we'll tape an interview at a different time. You can watch the interview live, as, as always happens before. But the big thing is we are back on a podcast catcher. Um, Brandon, um, I know when we first started, we, we did some we can catch us on like Apple Podcasts and other stuff. Uh, we went away from that, you know, some financial troubles. Thank you <laughs> to 2020 and COVID, but we're back. Um, so that's big. Now the other big announcement is for the past year, we've had a couple of podcasts. Um, this bigger one that we have, we call it World of Pew. I'm Chris Pew, but there really hasn't been a. We weren't married to the name. It was just. Convenient, and honestly, we really have time to really think about it. Well, with this change of going to five days, we wanted to kind of rebrand ourselves. So we had a discussion. 
Brandon, Craig, we're on, in on the discussion. We discuss all day Friday. And, Brandon, I'll let you introduce the name of the podcast uh, starting January 4th because you you won the contest, I guess. No, the best hour ever. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, no. Now I'm offended. We're out. <laughs> so. No, no. Um, it will be called the Ohioan Podcast. Yes, and kind of good. I, I The one thing I wanted to emphasize, and I think – you guys agree with us too. We are Ohio based now, but we we'll don't only talk about Ohio stuff. But hey, we're in Columbus, uh, Brandon Iron Columbus. Craig here is in Fremont. Um, yeah, so we talk about a lot of Ohio stuff. Should be it should, it should be fun. Again, the podcast is going to stay the same. I mean, there'll, there'll be some different elements of it, but the whole what we're doing is the same thing that we've always done before. It's just going to happen a little bit more frequently. Um, there's some other elements to it. I want to mention real quick. Um, oh, before I forget, Danny King from the Columbus Dispatch will be on talking about Christmas. Uh, she's a religion um, immigration reporter for the Columbus Dispatch. And then we're also excited to have Tom Stock, He's the uh, president CEO of Columbus Zoo. Um, Jack Hanna is retiring at the end of this month, and he's going to come on to talk about you know, Jack Hanna, everything he's meant to the zoo, and some of the other things that have happened with the zoo as of late. So we're excited to have those guys. Uh, but back to the announcement that we're talking about. Um, a couple of elements, and Brandon Craig, help me off, I'm forgetting stuff. Um, we have a Seinfeld and a Steelers podcast. Um, Craig, uh, that we're just a minute, has been helping off the Seinfeld podcast. We probably won't have that separate. We might record it separately, but we're going to kind of put the Seinfeld podcast into what we're doing with the main podcast. Um, so we'll have guests. There'll be times when instead of having a guest, we'll discuss the Seinfeld episode. It may not be every week, but it'll be definitely part of what we're doing. Uh, the Steelers podcast, um, it's still going on. Um, I hope the season will end at the end of the Super Bowl. The way the Steelers have been playing, the season may end in a couple of weeks. They've been secretly. But we're going to continue that as normal. And after the year, um, Paul and Joe, the guys who have been helping me out, we're going to see if they can help us out uh, and with being like substitute hosts and definitely I guess as well. All right. So we talked about how often we're having it. We talked about what else do we oh, Am I missing, guys? Patreon, right? Yeah. Patreon. Yes. Um, Patreon. Patreon. Yes. We've talked about this in the past. I know, uh, Brandon, with you, me, and John, we've kind of fished around with developing a Patreon page. We never really came up with a great idea, but we have an idea right now. Um, Patreon's a great way of us supporting the podcast. And look, we're, we're kind of devoting a little bit more time, so we're hoping to give you stuff that you, you love to support. So we started a Patreon page. Uh, Craig helped us out the Patreon page, and Craig, we're introducing the second. Um, it's a way of supporting what we're doing. So here's what's going on. There is a private Facebook group. Um, Brandon and I live a little ways away. Craig lives a couple hours away. Um, yeah, we've talked by phone a couple times about this, but we're not going to call each other every day. The Facebook group is how we're primarily communicating with one another, uh, talking about agendas, talking about what we're going to talk about, guests, everything else. So I love podcasts, and there are podcasts podcasts where I don't get to see behind the scenes. Like I love to hear the host talk back and forth about what topics we're going to talk about and everything. You'll have a chance of doing that. What we're doing on Patreon is a $3 um, per month group. That's the cheapest that we can go where we'll give you access to that Facebook group. And you can see what we're talking about. You can make suggestions. You can post all your right. It's your right. We'll even give you a link to this show. Um, Brandon, we talked briefly about this last night. I think what we could do is maybe take one or two real brief calls from Patreon if they want to call in, uh, maybe like a minute call during a show. And then the other thing we're talking about doing, while well, I was thinking about this, I want to propose this to you guys, is some podcasts do a Patreon cast where they'll do a show, maybe an extra show or a show as part of what they're doing, where all they have is people who are on Patreon could call in. So that's something we could do too. And we have a lot of other things we're playing for the Patreon page we haven't gotten to yet. Uh, Craig was talking about some merchandise things that we might go to. Um, I also posted a freebie. Um, last night for the heck of it uh, we can don't uh, we can listen to Christmas music for free somewhere so there's a lot of stuff coming up um before we get to Craig anything else Brandon we're forgetting it seems like there's a couple of minutes I'll make sure I touch on everything 
I think that I was can't think of anything else at this moment. So uh, sounds like you hit all hit all the dots there. Okay, well let's let's well we, we missed one. Um, the dot on the right hand side of my screen. Um, Craig. Now, Craig, I keep forgetting this because we we call each other by first names. We don't say the last names. Is it Shout or Shoop? It's, it's Shout. Shout. Shout, like shout okay. with a P. Yep. Shout. Okay. Very much. I I never asked you this. Do you, do you have any relatives from North Canton? <laughs> Uh, well, my sister went to Walsh University for college, Whoa. but that's about it. Uh, okay. I didn't know anybody over in that area, no. I had a, I was a Lincoln Douglas debater in high school, and uh, a fierce competitor of mine in high school was a Laura Shop okay. from North Canton. And well, uh, with that last name, I'm sure she's awesome. So I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm probably not related to her though. No, no, she was actually good. She, um, she actually, um, we were in the finals of our district competition. We tied. It was great. So, yeah, long story. Uh, I'm sure nobody wants to hear old Lincoln Douglas debate stories, but no, it, it sparked that. So, shop, right? Yep. Shop. Okay, excellent. Well, Craig's been working with me for the past couple of weeks as a Seinfeld podcast. Um, Craig and I have worked together at Gannett. Um, we <laughs> we reconnected over a strange way. We won't talk about it over the podcast. It's not worth talking about podcast wise. But we were able to reconnect on a shared interest, I guess, Craig. Maybe we should say. <laughs> and uh, but it was great. Um, it helped us, you know, kind of reconnect. Uh, Craig's been helping us with Seinfeld podcast again. We'll still do Seinfeld, but we need a third, and we might have a fourth. Um, kind of still in talks. It's kind of a long story, but we're we're happy to bring Craig along, and Craig's going to be part of what we're doing. Um, we're all co-hosts. Uh, Brand's going to be our news guy, and Craig's going to be our sports and pop culture guy. So it should be awesome. So, yeah, that's all the big stuff. So if any questions, let us know. Believe us, we will talk more about <laughs> this in the upcoming days, and it should be great. Well, her timing was great. Um, I, I just uh, see that Danny King's on the line. So let's bring her in. Uh, Danny from the Columbus Dispatch. How, how's it going? Good. How are you guys? Very good. I didn't get a chance to talk to you today. We were talking about something else. Uh, we're announcing. I, I put something on Twitter. We're making a big announcement. We're going to five days a week in January. So we're excited about that. Uh, Danae has a look of fear on her face. <laughs> it's kind of one of those. <laughs> I have to about how much work that'll be, but that'll be good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And we'll need more guests. So come back, please. It, it should be good. So, hey, thanks for coming back on. Definitely wanted to have you on. It's a weird year. It's um, with 2020, it, it, the time of COVID, and it doesn't seem like Christmas season, but it is Christmas. We're having Christmas Friday, and being the religion reporter for the Columbus Dispatch, wanted to have you come on, talk a little bit about Christmas, what are you seeing, and again, in a very, obviously a very strange and different year with COVID. Um, what's it been like for you? I know you're, you're busy working on immigration stories well. I mean, what's the season been like when you, you're talking to some of your sources in the field? Yeah, I think, um, you know, pastors are always positive people. So um, faith leaders are very, you know, they're trying to keep positivity as they work to engage, you know, their their worshipers. So it's been good. Um, I think something I've really seen a lot is that charities are suffering. So a lot of the faith leaders I talk to are concerned about that. They're concerned about people who may newly be in need, but also about people who have been in need you know, before the pandemic and still are. So that's been a theme, but, um, you know, right now I think pastors are just still working really hard to engage people, you know, online and keep them, you know, watching services. And so I have a story coming out tomorrow actually about what churches are doing on Christmas Eve and mm -hmm. how they're keeping people engaged. So it's a mix as to whether it's going to be in person or online, but the churches who are, have been online kind of faithfully since the pandemic hit are kind of the ones who have been, I think, thinking about this the most um, and the longest. So one thing they're doing is um, First Congregational Church downtown handed out Advent in a bag. And so it was like Advent candles and an Advent calendar and everything to keep people engaged. And so I kind of profile a family with a five-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter who have been really doing that and tuning in virtually. So I think um, you know, churches are really working hard to keep the Christmas spirit alive, even though they may not be gathering like traditionally uh, they would. Very good. Anything other unusual services that you've seen or, or plans? 
Yeah, actually, Chris, I think you shared one with me um, oh, yes. in, in Westerville. Um, I just talked to them this morning. Westerville Church of the Nazarene is doing a drive-in service, and it oh, sounds oh. like it's going to be awesome. So they have one at six and one at seven, which will be the seven one is also in Spanish. It's bilingual. And so you drive in and you'll see a live nativity um, with animals and everything. And then um, they'll park and there'll be a short service, um, some singing. They give you candles when you drive in so you can light your candle and sing Silent Night and put your candle outside of your car as you sing along. And then as you drive out, you'll see Santa Claus. So, Yeah, my wife showed that to me. I thought it was interesting just based on the fact of, um, you know, having two special needs kids and, you know, kind of trying to stay away from the COVID, you, if you go out, you want to be inside your car. And, and I feel bad for the singers and the pastor that night. Jeez, they're going to be outside. Wow. Yeah, they were talking about weather. They're like, we built a stage and, you know, we're going to wear our coats, but, you know, weather willing, uh, we'll be able to pull this all off. So definitely. Uh, Brian, what do you have for dinner? Yeah, just uh, thanks for coming back on, by the way. But um, uh, clarification, like so for charities. So obviously it sounds like the gr- the need is the demand is up. Need is up um, is like donations giving is that still kind of just the same levels as usual or is that also kind of been taken a hit because of the pandemic you know from what i've heard is down, donations are down right now because of the pandemic because people you know i, I talked to did the story on a pastor who is doing an opera concert he did it yesterday um it's on youtube for westerville caring and sharing which is a charity that helps um, primarily families um, who get free and reduced lunches in Westerville schools. And the woman there was saying, you know, we're really down because a lot of our families who would donate typically are in need themselves this year. And then also um, they did something where they would send families with a wish list shopping. So they got to, you know, go do it. And, and that's more fun. And so this year they're only collecting gift cards because of COVID. And she said, there's also this sense that people, you know, are less willing to, you know, give cash donations or go buy a gift card because it's not as, as fun. It's not as flashy, but the need is still very much there. So um, I think that that donations are down overall, but also more people are in need. So. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, You know, we've kind of looked, you've talked a lot about how the churches were handling, how how have people from the congregation handled COVID and and maybe not being able to go to churches frequently, maybe not giving as much because they're just not present. Have you kind of delved into that at all this year? Yeah. So I kind of delve into it with each article situationally. So this year I've for this article that's coming out tomorrow, I talked to this family that I mentioned and I talked to another family as well. And, you know, I think there's, they're struggling, you know, they're struggling to stay in touch um, and just to feel connected. So, you know, to their other members and to their community. Um, but the family I talked to, um, one of the big themes, the mother is teaching her two young children that you can find faith anywhere. You know, it doesn't have to be in the walls of the church. And if you've ever seen First Congregational Church downtown, it's this big, beautiful, historic church. And, you know, her one son is really enamored with the organ and they just love the inside of the church. That means a lot to them. So this year, as they haven't been able to be inside, she said they've been taking hikes and and doing other things and trying to show their children that faith is not just in the walls of First Congregational Church, as beautiful as it is. You know, you can find it everywhere. And so I think, you know, a lot of families are turning to things like that. They're trying to find faith in other places that may not be traditional places of worship. And I think that's kind of a really cool outcome of, of COVID. You know, one of the things... That- I was hearing when this whole thing first started was there was a lot of smaller churches going, oh, my goodness, if we can't meet, we can't have the offering. You know, we may not make it. Um, And I haven't seen I know we can't cover every single church in central Ohio. I'm not sure how many churches have actually closed. Are you hearing from churches that may have to close based on some of the financial struggles you were talking about earlier? You know, I'm not. (laughs) And um, I did a story on. I did a story on like how offering, you know, there's a national, there's a lot of national stories out there saying offering is down, churches are suffering. And so I kind of looked into it locally and I wasn't able to find that much. Um, And so when I talked to churches, they, so a lot of them, they've 
you know, gotten a lot more technologically savvy than they might have been previously with virtual services and digital, you know, having people live stream or tune in. And so uh, they've also gotten online giving platforms. And so that's like, that's been kind of the two big things of COVID is like you get an online giving platform and you get online services. So a lot of people have told me that um, that's a way that they have made sure their giving stays steady and they'll talk about it in their digital you know, their digital service, they'll be like, you know, make sure you still give. Others, um, there's this church on the east side, um, it's a little church, and they will, you know, their um, parishioners may not be as technologically savvy, which happens a lot, because a lot of older people also attend church and may not do that. So they will go pick up checks from their, from their members. <laughs> like I said, they're a smaller church. But you know, I've really not heard locally that, you know, any churches are struggling or closing because in addition to accepting donations in a different way, they're also not paying a lot of overhead costs. You know, there's not utility costs. You're not keeping the lights on, you know, things like that um, that may that may differ. OK, very good. Uh, Brian. Yeah. And um, uh, since you, you didn't see much in the way of churches, uh, necessarily feeling the need to shut closed doors, but I'm curious. So what are some of the kind of expenses that maybe if that they usually have aside from maybe their ministry programs, um, what are that they usually kind of, kind of the brick and mortar kind of expenses they may have, um, that, um, um, make it so it's, that's critical. They get technologically savvy. What do you mean by that? Can you say that again? Sorry. <laughs> sure. What, what, uh, sorry. Aside from some, like you know, uh, expenses, like their uh, that they, you know they maybe get money from the offering that they put towards you know maybe some of their ministry programs. There are, of course, are there any other kind of expenses or costs that they have to um, uh, that they usually also have to deal with um, that may not be related ministry. That's just uh, kind of like that maybe involved maybe like their buildings, their um, and our and then follow-up to that is are there any kind of are they cutting back on certain things especially around christmas time with decorations that kind of thing yeah so i haven't i think that other expenses would be of course like paying their staff because a lot are still you know obviously a lot of them have told me that this is a lot more work you know because they're coming up with you know putting on a digital service while you don't have the crowd you have more tech people you know you're also having to plan out a lot more than you might usually um, so a lot are kind of feeling that that's a lot more work. So they're still paying their staff. Um, I haven't heard of anybody cutting down on, you know, obviously there's not as much programming, but I haven't heard of anybody cutting down on decorations because they want people, you know, Christmas is a really sensory experience. So when you're tuning into a virtual service, you want people to still see all of your church decorations and you want them to hear the music and things like that. So I haven't heard of people cutting down on that. Um, and in fact, um, I talked to the Bishop of Columbus, the Catholic Bishop um, early last week, and he was telling me that he's encouraging people, even if they can't come to a service there in person to just come during the week and come closer to Christmas so they can see all of those decorations and kind of feel that feeling of Christmas. So I think, um, I think that definitely nobody wants to skimp on on the feel of Christmas and those decorations. Yeah, we're here with Danny King of the Columbus Dispatch. He covers religion and immigration for the paper, not just the Dispatch, but uh, you can see her work in some of the other Gannett papers across the state. Uh, Craig, what do you have for Danny? Well, you know, we've talked a lot about the churches, but from your perspective as a reporter, how challenging has COVID been to maybe unearth stories or just follow up and get information, you know, in a timely manner to, to do your job? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think that that's something that, so I've been doing a lot more phone calls, obviously, than meeting in person um, just for safety reasons. But also I find a lot of my sources are more comfortable just talking on the phone, even if they are doing things in person, you know, or doing like a video call. Um, so I think something that you miss from that really is I think there's questions that come up when you see somebody or you see things, you know, you visit their church or, you know, it's just like even just the small talk that you don't have as much when you're on the phone. So I think the challenge is just, um, you know, sometimes those things really 
their stories. You know, they, they are a way to come up with stories. So um, it's been a little bit more challenging finding things to cover, but I also noticed that people get a lot more, you know, intentional about reaching out to me and emailing me with stories. Um, so like, for instance, uh, I keep mentioning First Congregational Church downtown, Tim Aarons is their pastor and we, we have a relationship, you know, we've talked since I've been on this beat and something I've noticed more often is he'll call me more and be like, hey, I want you to write about this. You know what? I haven't seen this in the paper, but it's going on. And that is so helpful to me because, you know, sometimes I'm, you know, I'm not out there. Sometimes I just can't know now that I'm working from home. So, um, so it's been harder, but it's also, you know, my sources are helping me out a lot with that. Yeah, we we always forget that. Um, I remember I've been in the business for about 20 years. I remember like the first year I'm in the business, you had to be in the office to cover anything like you. It was unheard of to work from home. It was like you're cheating the system. And, you know, for many of us reporters, I mean, and editors and everybody else, I mean, we have been in the office since March. And I know the department I joined. They're saying permanently remote. So, you know, the business has changed for a lot of us um, journalists. And I know, you know, Danae, you're, you're probably, I'm, I'm guessing from everything I'm hearing from corporate that, you know, we're probably looking at 2021, if at all, you know, if we ever go back to the office. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I miss the office a lot. But yeah, I, you know, working from home has been an adventure, but it has also been an opportunity for me to get to know my sources a little bit better. You know, you see the inside of their houses or, you know, you talk to them about what it's been like for them. And I noticed, you know, pastors always, always care about you, you know, as a person, no matter who they're talking to. But um, it's been, you know, I think it's been a season where a lot of us ask more often how people are and really mean, how are you? And so um, that's been an interesting and kind of, kind of a cool thing about this is that you're hearing more people express, you know, genuine concern and care about how people are doing. Yeah. I remember one morning, it was one of my first years in the business. I was working up in the Menor Willoughby area and we had like 12 inches of snow in the morning. And there was some question going, how can we get paper out? And, you know, thinking back at that day, 20 years ago, I think it's a great testament to what we're doing. Um, you know, Craig here, he's a reporter for the Fremont paper that we have up there. And it's just been great to see how, 21 papers have worked together to not just come up with a solution for one day, but I mean, heck, it's been what about 10 months now, and you know, we're doing it every day. We, it's been great to see what everyone's been able to work together with. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what what you got coming up? I, I know I, I'm sure you're probably taking a little bit of time off for the holiday, but uh, what stories are in the kind of works for next week or two? Yeah, so. Um... So like I said, the one tomorrow will be on Christmas Eve services. And then I've got one coming up about um, kind of a part of this has been a tour of what different faiths are doing to, you know, to change what they do. So one is Jehovah's Witnesses. And so that story will be coming out soon. You know, you know them as the people who knock on your door, you know, oftentimes, or they'll be outside, you know, downtown city streets with a cart trying to talk to people. And so I did a story on, you know, where have the witnesses gone? <laughs> and um, the truth is they haven't gone anywhere. So they're still, they just changed their ministry. So I'll kind of introduce people to what that looks like now in that article. And then I'm also doing one about, um, you know, I've been working on and off on follows of Casey Goodson's shooting um, by a sheriff's deputy. And so it looks like that sheriff's deputy has, uh, you know, was, is a pastor at a church um, in central Ohio. So I'm gonna be doing a story, a little bit about him as a pastor and just a profile of who he is and uh, and what he does when he's not being a sheriff's officer. So um, that'll be interesting. Um, and then, so before I go, I'm, I'm off after Friday for the rest of the year. And I'm oh, also, okay. yeah, I'm also doing a story on, um, Bishop Brennan, the uh, Columbus Catholic Bishop, um, he has been, you know, outspoken in a way that we haven't seen before from in recent years. We've seen it before, but not in about 20 years from our bishop in Columbus. Um, he's been talking about social justice and about race. And, you know, really, he released a statement on Casey Goodson's killing. He released a statement on um, George Floyd over the summer. And so I'm going to do a profile on him and what that, you know, 
why he feels called to do that when we've seen largely silence from the local Catholic church in, in the past few decades. So. Yeah, it was interesting to see the coverage of the weekend about like the pastor's reaction uh, to the shooting. And uh, I'm looking forward to reading the story about um, the man that shot Goodson. I mean, he's a pastor in the rural area over in Madison County. And you were telling me we were talking a little bit on our, our work email about um, he was a veteran up with the Lima company. Yeah. Which, yeah and I remember um, I gave you an answer really quick on that because I remember covering them. They used to have memorials going through different parts of Ohio. And uh, looking forward to seeing you know what they would have to say. I'm not sure how much like you're having with that, but yeah, very interesting to see. I'm anxious to read that story. It'd be interesting to see where he's coming from. Yeah, me as well. A lot of pastors have had a few things to say about that yeah. and, you know, just you know, their beliefs as, as faith leaders. And so it'll be interesting to see that bear out. And I know, you know, I haven't personally talked to him yet, but the associate pastor at his church has been outspoken and is willing to speak. So I'll be including him in that. And I heard people from, from his company are, are wanting to speak too about his, his uh, life as a, as a veteran. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Definitely. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, I was hoping to talk about another story that we won't mention, but I appreciate the word of warning that you sent me earlier today about that. So uh, very good. I appreciate it. Well, how can we connect with you on Twitter uh, or, or social media? I'm just at Danae King. Okay. Good enough. And, and make sure we catch her updates before she leaves for vacation for the rest of the year. So very jealous. <laughs> so All right. Well, Danny, thanks again so much for your time. Like I said, starting January 4th, we're going to be going five days. So we will be in contact soon. Yeah. So. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. And thanks so much. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye. All right. Danny King from the Columbus Dispatch. Lots of interesting stuff happening, guys. That's yeah, um, Good stuff. All right. On January 4th, Brandon, I think we have time for one quick story. Uh, we're going to have a newscast where in the past we've kind of went to news when we can. Uh, we're going to have a pretty much like a half-hour newscast. And Brandon, I'll give you a taste of it. So you're going to be our news guy. Brandon, is there a story you can throw out real quick before as we wait for Tom? Um, sure. Uh, Chris, well, um, yeah, um, I understand you like The Office, uh, that NBC sitcom. Um, and the actor who uh, plays um, Kevin Malloyne on there, um, he's uh, apparently um, – a top earner on Cameo. Um, never heard of the service, um, but apparently has over a hundred million dollars for recorded shoutouts. Uh, um, Cameo is like this kind of uh, service where you can like record a video, private uh, personal video greetings, and have private uh, chat discussions with uh, your fans. Um, so that was kind of in, kind of a interesting. Um, uh, development, I guess, you know, this, we're seeing this with other programs like OnlyFans or whatnot, where uh, celebrities are kind of going to these uh, in more intimate ways to engage with their fan bases. Yeah. Um, you know, Craig, have you heard of Cameo? Have you done that much on it? I've, I've only heard of it recently, like in the last couple of months. Um, it seems like a brilliant idea, though, to, to roll this out in the midst of a pandemic, especially for actors who maybe lost some work because of the pandemic shutting down things. And, um, yeah, I mean, for Brian, it seems like it's been you know quite a windfall for him. Well, I got to say, you know, it's actually been around for a couple of years and different people have used it. it it's funny. Um, and, you know, being reporters, we get a chance to hang out with some people and talk to them. Now, we're asking them questions for a publication. We're not, you know, saying, hey, shout my wife or whatever else the thing might be. It is kind of weird. I'm looking at Brian Baumgartner's page, 195 bucks for a two-minute shout-out, which seems high. I mean, I guess if you don't get a chance, you know, we may not have a chance to talk to him even on the podcast. And the other weird thing about Cameo is – you just have them say something. Like, I thought it'd be interesting if you could call them for two minutes and say, hey, what do you think about being on the office or anything else like that? What you're pretty much saying is, hey, tell my wife happy birthday. So in essence, he's like a trained SEAL. You know, he's like sitting there going, oh, you know, Craig's wife, you know, happy birthday. And he says his voice. And it's fun and it's, at, and it's interactive. But, you know, Brandon, if, if your wife's a big, you know, office man, <laughs> is that worth 195 bucks? I guess if, if you're uh, um, you're a big fan of The Office, and yeah, you know it's um, you know it's something to, um, 
it's just like again, it's a, it's a something with that weird relationship always between a fan, the fans, and the actor, the celebrity. You know, um, for some of us who don't have fans, we're not necessarily that. Um, maybe it might make not sense, but for others, it's like, oh, it's their world. It means a lot to them. Yeah, it, it's funny, but it's like with cameo, everybody has a different price, and you could set your own price. So you know, there's some people that are very like you know less expensive like um there's a podcast host i like that you can request them for 20 bucks and there's somebody who says a thousand bucks and everyone has a different price not everybody's mm-hmm. on it it's interesting but man guys a million bucks could you imagine i, I mean now grant we're not in the office we're not going to be able to go in cameo and get a million bucks off that but man that's gotta be nice you talk about a good work from home job good night i mean i know i don't think brian Baumgartner's on anything right now but Man, to pick up a million bucks, you don't really have to be on anything, right? Well, I'm telling you, I'm looking at this right now. I just went into the featured actors or featured in actors section. There are some people, and I'm a, you know, I'm I minored in film studies, and I love movies and I love TV. There are a couple of these people that I have never heard of um, that are charging like a hundred bucks, right? You know, for a cameo. So, and that's in the featured section. So I'm not sure who's all on this, but. Uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting that, uh, you know, I, I wonder who sets the price. Like, do you set the price if you're the actor, actress, reality star, athlete? Does Cameo, you know, how do they get $195 for Brian's, you know, Cameo? Um, you know, and, and maybe kind of be interesting to sift through who's all on this, though, I would say. Well, anyone can apply. I mean, the three of us could apply. I think they look at your Twitter following and they have like a number and okay. say, are you verified or anything else? Or if they really look at it and say, okay, is a, you know, web designer from Gannett, you know, is people going to start asking cameos for them? You know, it does a small podcast or whatever. Right. I, so they get to decide. But once you get approved, I mean, if if we went on and, and we got verified and we got approved, we could set ten million bucks for one if we wanted to. I mean, no, no one would ever do it, but you know, some people you can kind of set your own price, and it's kind of interesting. I I wonder, like I said, I I, I guess if you're a fan, that's good. But man, one hundred ninety five bucks for two minutes. Like I'm trying to justify that. I mean, I love The Office. I, I love a personalized message from Kevin. But again, I'd rather have that conversation with Kevin. Where I can you were asking questions on my mind, or say, "Hey, man, I really like you on the show." I, I think to me that'd be more inviting than just having a, you know, <laughs> you know, just a arbitrary conversation. Yeah. Well, so far, twenty five hundred dollars is the highest one I've seen. That's for Caitlyn Jenner. Um, I'm just kind of sifting through some of the more expensive ones. A thousand dollars for Randy Quaid. Um, wow, it's it's interesting. I mean, you know, like Brandon said, if you're if you're that interested and in, or you love The Office that much, or you know, maybe you love Randy Quaid's cousin Eddie, you know, role in Christmas Vacation, maybe you're willing to to pay him a thousand dollars to to say something from Christmas Vacation or you know, act as cousin Eddie wishing Merry Christmas to you. I don't know. I mean, you know, you have to have some disposable income for this though. I will say. Yeah. But man, a million bucks. I'm jealous. I know the arbitrary, the old old fashioned way of doing it was what my dad did with one celebrity. I cannot remember his name, but um, I think he was from like the cannonball movie series, but he just had like, had him write out an autograph on a photo and like put a personal message out to, to me who I've never met probably an infant. <laughs> That's like that, that was cameo back in the nineties. Right. Well, and it was weird. I used to be a big baseball card collector and it used to be the thing to do would be, you would mail your card to your, the athlete. So you mail it to whatever stadium the baseball player is playing. And you say, Hey, could you sign this for me? And sometimes I'll sign it. Sometimes I'll just keep the card. Sometimes I'll ask like a secretary or assistant to <laughs> sign it for them. So there's all this thing going, Hey, how can you get a free autograph card? And it was kind of interesting. Um, but again, that was a postage stamp. And I guess, you know, trusting that the guy would mail your baseball card back. I mean, there wasn't a, you know, three figure, you know, price set on it. But I, I, it fascinates me. I'm Cameo was interesting. A couple years ago when I worked at Cincinnati, I wanted to do a story on the Cincinnati Bengals that were on Cameo. And one of the players, and I remember the name, but I, I don't want to reveal it, uh, 
because I think he's on cameo. I think he's fine with it, but I think he was embarrassed because I asked the beat writer to go ask him about cameo and the beat writer emails back. He's like, the guy was angrily denying it. And I was like, look, here's a link. And I, he was claiming that he was, it was a fake account and it looked like it was verified or whatever, but it, it was interesting. Cameo has got a bunch of interesting uh, things with it. Um, it's kind of controversial at times. Uh, Brett Favre once, um, he was asked to read a message. And, you know, he's a famous uh, former football quarterback, and it turned out to be like this coded, uh, you know, anti-Jewish message. And he didn't know because again, <laughs> you're reading these messages, and I guess you have the right to turn it down if it's weird or obscene or whatever else. But it didn't seem obscene. He just didn't know he read it. Everyone's like, "Oh, look, Brett Favre is saying some, you know, anti-Jewish stuff," which was very strange. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a fascinating world, and even Patreon. You know, we're dipping our toes in the Patreon. I did some research last night, and it was funny. Um, you know, we're starting at three bucks a month, and it was. I'm like, boy, how can we make it worth three bucks a month? And you guys should see there's podcasts I've never heard of before. And I don't think you guys have heard before. It wasn't even a, um, a topic that seemed that interesting. And they were getting thousands of Patreon subscribers at like 25 bucks a month. I'm like, wow, what's going on here? I mean, we're missing the boat. There's money to be had, I guess. Well, I do see, I do see a journalist in cameo for $35. Amy Gutierrez, the sports reporter for the San Francisco Giants, can send you a cameo. So maybe a journalist, you know, it's uh, – although I think we get the reverse cameo where we get the phone calls saying, how dare you write a story or why are you so terrible? So I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe we don't want to dip our toes in the cameo. Well, and she's in the, she's in a big – Market, right. right? Okay. Right. Yeah. But but still, I mean, how many I mean, is she attractive or is or is she hoping that people are like, man, she's hot, so we have to get her a cameo or I have I don't know. I mean, she just she looks like a reporter from San Francisco Giants. I mean, I don't know. She's just a normal I mean, everyday probably, lady. Probably private chats with her like about what are the Giants um Yeah. Uh, play, you know, just talk sports, you know. Um, I wonder if you could do that where maybe you could say, well, I'm paying you $35, so you tell me some inside information about a trade the Giants are working on or, you know what I mean? Like, I wonder <laughs> I wonder if someone's ever done, now granted, if they can, you know, say no to it, I suppose, but yeah. I wonder if anybody's ever said that. But, yeah, I just got, I thought it was interesting that I saw a journalist on there uh, that was in the sports athlete section. So I'm sure there's probably more then, but uh, I was just kind of curious if uh, – you know, journalists were on there for, you know, I'm, I'm sure people like, you know, Lester Holt would maybe, you know, be somebody that people would want, but, you know, probably not me from the Fremont News Messenger. Yeah, yeah. So very interesting. Well, we're waiting here from Tom. I haven't seen him yet. Um, there might be something happening at the zoo, but yeah, let, let's continue while we wait for Tom, Brandon. What else we got news-wise? Yeah, so... Uh, well, um, despite some hiccups, the Ohio State will be in the playoffs this uh, uh, this season. So, um, you know, there were some hiccups there with uh, the Michigan game getting canceled, um, and then the Big Ten Conference having to vote to let Ohio proving Ohio State would would of course continue on to play in the championship game. Um, same kind of a bit of a uh, scary moment at times on the game. Um, just looking at the score, I didn't get a chance to watch the game, but um, you know, but the guys prevail. So now they're in the championships uh, facing off against Clemson. Hey, guys, I'm going to go and mute a second. I'm getting a call, I believe, from Mizzou. Uh, so, Craig, uh, tell them what you think about that. Well, you know, I think Ohio State's probably one of the four best teams. Um, it, it really, I think, came down to – and I think we've seen this now for the duration of the playoffs is it, it's branding. And it's nothing against Cincinnati. It's nothing against Texas A&M. But I think – you look at the four teams that are in the playoffs. We are we, we always seem to see Alabama and Clemson in the playoff anyway, but they deserve to be in most cases. But I'm not surprised Ohio State made it. And I, I think they are one of the four best teams, and I think they deserve to make it. Um, I don't really – you know, I, I saw that earlier today Dabo Sweeney had – the coach of Clemson had put Ohio State number 11 on his coach's poll ballot, which, I mean – I'm not saying that Clemson can't beat Ohio State already, but why add fuel to the fire by doing that? And I know that, you know, they've made mention about they didn't think Ohio State's played enough games, but it's just I don't think he wants to, like, awake a sleeping giant and, and you know, put his, his team at risk of losing because they're going to start thinking, well, we're way better than Ohio State because 
our coach doesn't think much of them. So probably not the smartest idea by Dabo Sweeney, but admittedly, though, he probably should be pretty confident because, you know, I think if Trevor Lawrence plays that first Notre Dame game, they probably win and maybe they're still number one or it's a very close race between them and, you know, Alabama for number one. Um, But at the end of the day, I I think – I wasn't surprised that Cincinnati didn't make it. I wasn't surprised Texas A&M didn't make it. I think Ohio State winning the Big Ten sealed it. I know they didn't look impressive, but at the end of the day, they have two wins over quality opponents, Indiana and Northwestern, and they beat Penn State when Penn State was in the top 25. So I think it kind of carried the day for them over a team like Cincinnati. Yeah, I got to say, the weird thing about that is – I think they made the right choice. I think Ohio State and Notre Dame are the better teams. But it's weird because they're supposed to pick the best teams, and I think they did. But I think part of that is they're trying to figure out what's going to get the best ratings. And, you know, you might sit and say, I don't like Ohio State or I don't like Notre Dame. I know there's a lot of pro and anti-Ohio State people and pro and anti-Notre Dame people. But it's going to have to take a lot for them to pick a team like Cincinnati that doesn't have as much ratings as Ohio State right, or Notre right. Dame. Or, you know, I, I heard a talk about Coastal Carolina. They had a great year and they were undefeated, but, like, you know, sorry. I mean, Notre Dame has more interest than Coastal Carolina or ever stuff like that. Um, I, you know, Brandon, it would be like, you know, we talked a lot about the MLS. It would be like saying instead of, just sitting there saying, okay, who has the most wins or losses? What's a more attractive, you know, matchup? Like, what do you think is going to get the most uh, people? We talked – the Browns played last night. They beat the Giants. And it was interesting because I questioned on Twitter. I actually had some national people get back a hold of me on that saying, okay, the Browns are a good team, but why are you picking the Giants? Because they, they flex that game into a Sunday night game. Everyone's like, well, the Giants, it's New York. It's a big market. Well, the Giants are horrible. I mean, you know, and I don't think people are watching that game. It's like the Jets. The Jets are in a big market, but the Jets are the worst team in the league this year. So it's interesting. And, you know, I'm not losing sleep over either way, but I I think it's interesting because they're kind of shortchanging themselves because they're trying to say, okay, this is for a football championship. But in a way they're saying, okay, here's what's going to get the most viewers, which is kind of weird. Well, I think they kind of look at it competition-wise, too. And I, I, like I said, I have nothing against Cincinnati. I think they're a really good football team, and I think they can compete. Now, can they compete against Alabama? I don't know. And I think the playoff committee ultimately decided that even though Notre Dame just got steamrolled by Clemson on Saturday, they probably feel like who can give the teams the best game. And I think they probably believe a team like Notre Dame can give them a best, you know, the best game compared to Texas A&M and Cincinnati. And it's not that Cincinnati's not a good football team, but, you know, at the end of the day, they weren't able to play top level competition. Not that SMU wasn't ranked in the top 25 or Army wasn't ranked in the top 25. And then, of course, they beat a top 25 team in Tulsa on Saturday. But I think they're just looking at it like from the eye test, do they think that they can compete with Alabama on the football field? And if they don't, then that's why they're automatically going to go with another team. And I think based on ratings, on the rankings, you know, they didn't believe Cincinnati was even the next closest team to, to being able to compete because Texas A&M was there. So I just think they look at it like who can match up better with the, the best team because they don't want to have, even though they could have a 55 nothing game, they don't want to have a 55 to nothing game if, you know, a Cincinnati or Texas A&M or Coastal Carolina gets in there and is just overmatched. That's how I think they're looking at it. Definitely. Uh, I'm on the other line with Tom Soft. He's having uh, some technical issues. I'm going to try to give him a call back, but while I do that, uh, Brian, why don't you, uh, you and Brian talk about the third story we have there? Yeah. Um, well, some news came out that past week um, just about how the, um, you know, there's been t- since the introduction of the U.S. Space Force, um, you know, it's been kind of brought on a sense of intrigue, media interest, or in some you know, a Netflix series, but uh, now they have like a new, um, uh, now we know what they're, what the members of the space force will be called. They're going to, um, going to be called guardians. Right. Um, which has brought on again, another sense of intrigue of, and some interesting conversation about, uh, again, about was it, is this kind of new branch of the mil- of the military necessary? Um, and, uh, and it's a kind of bit of a, a nod to maybe some of all these, 
science fiction shows that we love and hold dear and now it's kind of coming into real life what is happening um craig your thoughts well i'm sure that someone if they haven't already will have a guardians of the galaxy or something uh you know headline at some point or you know be up on the on the tv on the newscast but yeah i mean it's it's interesting um you know i think that i did watch a couple of weeks ago they had um i believe it was a space force general on a good morning america afternoon version and uh you know he was kind of talking about what their role is and it's not necessarily about exploring space it's just about kind of preserving you know what's what they're doing up there so i i think most people probably looked at it like are we going to get into wars with aliens and send the guardians into the galaxy to, to fight, you know, you know, aliens. And that's not what their role is. So, you know, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out and maybe how it develops and morphs into what it maybe ultimately becomes, but it's probably too early to really judge like whether the investment's worthwhile or whether it's really necessary at this point. I'm just kind of disappointed. They didn't go for the other option was space ranger. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Disney probably would have sued them or something. Maybe. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't think Buzz Lightyear, uh, I don't think Disney would have taken too kindly to that. So maybe they wanted to avoid any kind of risk. Probably that's the case. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's funny when I did stories, there was a whole, when I was in college, there was all these stories about uh, private organizations raising money to send people on a one way trip, one way trip to Mars. Yeah. Um, and a lot of talk to some professors and they say, yeah, like they're sending them to die. Um, right. You know, any chance of going to Mars or going beyond the moon, it's going to be mostly a military expedition. And so if that, this could be, could be the beginning of that. Um, hard to say, you know, um, a lot of go changes in space exploration for sure. Um, but yeah, this, this, this is always kind of interesting kind of a, uh, um, kind of discussions going on with uh, um, whenever the Space Force comes up. Um, did you get to see the Netflix show? I didn't get past episode one. so I, I did not see it. I, I didn't hear great things about it, even though Steve Carell's usually a comedic genius, but uh, I did not see it. I don't have Netflix, but uh, um, definitely would check it out. But yeah, it, obviously it, it's, it probably takes on a little bit more comedic tone than what the Space Force will actually be. But kind of curious to see if this morphs into something where maybe they merge with NASA at some point to to kind of save some funding or maybe, you know, acquire more funding. Maybe NASA gets a better fund stream than than what uh, the Space Force will. And and ultimately, you know, I think my 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 sports thing about it would be uh i wonder if there'll be a space force football team like we have army navy air force um you know virginia military academy so i wonder if space force will have a football team in college and maybe uh they can go play on the moon at some point in the uh very very distant future what will their nickname be Ooh, i don't know i'd be i guess the guardians would be a pretty good you know nickname. oh yeah the guardian well, yeah. i guess they could use that that name well you can say this about anybody but really is the space force Absolutely, absolutely needed. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm as much of a space guy. I was as much in the astronauts. I mean, I, I don't know if it's a dumb idea. I just, I, I kind of look at maybe it's the whole 2020. We've got a million other things going on. But I, I'm kind of looking at, is, is this the biggest concern that we're facing right now? Like, I, I mean, I guess it goes back to the basic idea of why are we having the Space Force? You know, why are we doing this? Right. I mean, I, I kind of agree with that, where this is probably not the right time for it or the best time for it. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's not going to be a branch of NASA. They've already said that they're not going to be anything connected with NASA. Maybe it's it's not really a necessary thing, but, you know. In our country, it seems like we, we tend to do a lot of unnecessary things, spending or whatever it may be. And, you know, I think they probably just thought, Now's the time to do it to kind of preserve our our interests in space, I guess you could say. Yeah, they're moving some of the uh, Air Force. Uh, Air Force used to manage a lot of the space um, right. kind of an area, and now it's transitioning to the Space Force. So, and maybe there's some merit in that. Um, kind of keep it all in one yeah. one umbrella. Seems like it could merge with various. You know, having it by itself maybe isn't the greatest idea, but maybe it could merge with Air Force or, you know, NASA or something like that to maybe, you know, share resources slash, you know, you know, 
And what, it's funny, what? Air Force doesn't sound comical, but when we said Space Force, we're all chuckling. Um, right. Well, because it's like no one, no one probably understands like what you can do with it. Like, what do you? Are you going to like have like battles with aliens in the sky? Are you going to just you know be on the International Space Station and have an extra person up there? I mean, I think people probably thought it was comical because they didn't really understand what it was really all about. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right. Well, um, hey, tech happens. It's 2020, and I know there's been some um, issues and everything. Um, I briefly talked to Tom. He was trying to log on. Uh, he was having some trouble with his computer. I, we were trying a different method. I haven't heard back from him yet. Uh, we, we may have to reschedule him, um, which is okay. It happens. Uh, tech stuff happens, and uh, anytime you're trying something different, uh, you know things can go awry. Um, briefly, kind of talking about. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to get to it before the end of the year. Uh, Jack Hanna is closing out a just an amazing career. Um, my wife and I are big animal people. Um, uh, it's been great to see what's happened with the Columbus Zoo, and not just in what the Columbus Zoo has done, but you know, I tell tell my wife, and I'm sure you guys have seen this if you've been there recently. I mean, they've got the water park. They've got a little amusement park there. Um, you look at uh, the wilds and everything. It's amazing to see how that whole complex has grown and developed. Uh, they have a golf course across the street from the zoo and all kinds of different things. So it, it's been really neat to see that even if you're not into animals, the zoo can be a multi-purpose and use, um, useful place to for things to happen. And I was watching some videos uh, talking about how Jack Ham was a, a major part of that too. I mean, it wasn't just a guy that liked the animals and everything and it's good. Um, he's limited on the celebrations because obviously we're all limited because of COVID. Uh, there's going to be some celebrations upcoming. We hope to have Tom back soon. Um, again, just some tech issues got in the way and that happens. So let's start to close up. Um, let's, Go over the big news. Um, so starting our next podcast, which our next live one will be Monday, January 4th. We're going to start to go to a Monday for Friday, starting at 6, often going to 7 a.m. We're now the Ohioan. Farewell, World of Pew. It's gone. We're now the Ohioan. Um, we're going to update our social media networks and everything uh, later on today. Lots of ways to get involved. Um, Patreon. False on social media. And again, we're going to be on, uh, we're already on um, Spotify. Uh, we're going to be adding on networks as the days go on. Uh, Google Cast, it was, I guess we got added on this morning and there's going to be some other ways. Subscribe to us, give us five stars. That will really help us out. And there's going to be a lot of other ways of helping out this coming up. Uh, we welcome Craig. Craig's here. It, sh it should be good. Great to be uh, here. Any big plans for Christmas, you guys, before we close for that? Nope. Staying in. Brandon, any huge plans? No, just kind of doing the what I did Thanksgiving. Um, low Very crowds, masked up, and pray. <laughs> yes. We are going to stick in, hang out, you know, hang out in our house. Um, we'll probably do a lot of Zoom calls. We're, we're experimenting. We're thinking uh, there's some members of our family that want, really want to get together, and we're trying to propose maybe a trip to the wildlife. At least you're outside. You could be apart for a little bit because a couple people really want to you know, do the in-person thing. And I'm trying to figure out some way of getting around that where we can be outside, and that might be the thing to do it. So, yeah, check out Wildlights. Wildlights is also coming up. Well, it's actually ongoing at the zoo. Brandon, have you heard anything about how busy it's been? It's usually been really busy. I, I'm wondering how different this year's been with COVID. How about with the zoo? Yeah, just the numbers of people that go to the wildlife. I mean, I, past I years. Anything on numbers. Yeah. Yeah. But the zoo's done, done probably a pretty good job. Uh, you know, you have to schedule a time or slot to go in, and you've gone there. And um, it sounds like mostly you're able to keep your distance and – you know, um, I think it sounds like, um, I, you know, we haven't really heard any anything COVID related from the zoo. No, no, no breaking news or of that nature. So obviously, kind of keep it on the download. But um, that's good yeah, for the most part. Yeah, the zoo's done a great job, and you know, thankfully they've been kept safe, and that's the most important thing. I, I know it's had a humongous financial impact on the zoo, and I guess when we reconnect with Tom, we'll definitely ask him about that and see what their plans are. Hopefully. 
um, with these vaccines coming, you know, as we get kind of near the end of 2021, things will hopefully get back to normal and it should be good. So, yeah, so it should be good. Um, we're going to, I'm going to try to release a couple of best ofs over the past two years. Uh, we'll do that. Um, Brandon, Craig, and I, I'm sure we'll be talking. We're going to try to record some stuff prior to the podcast. Um, we got to make some plans. It's going to be pretty busy, but we're looking forward to it. Anything else before we get tonight, guys? Nothing. Just uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. All right. Well, Brandon? <laughs> uh, happy Christmas to everybody. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas debate. <laughs> I, I've heard the debate that saying we somehow couldn't say Christmas, and now we can. I'm not sure where that came from. I've always said Christmas. Yeah. For 45 years, so it's I don't know where that argument's come from, but I guess it's a happy Merry Christmas debate now. So, yeah. how about that? So it should be good. All right. Well, thanks so much for our guest, um, Craig, who's who's a guest for now. He's, he's becoming a co-host, and I also thanks to Danny King. Um, always fun to talk to her, and hopefully we'll connect with Tom soon. Well, so signing off is a World of Pew podcast. We'll be back as the Ohioan. Should be fun. Thanks again, guys. Really appreciate it. Have a great day. All right, you too.